Welcome to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. Host Lindsay Cabot will be talking to creative moms, finding out what kind of projects they are up to and how and when they are finding the time to be creative. To find out more about the stage show Expressing Motherhood, please head on over to expressingmotherhood.com. Thanks for joining us. Hi, welcome to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. My name is Lindsay Cavett, and today we're going to be speaking with Elizabeth Souter. Elizabeth is a Boston mom, and we will be talking to her about how she stopped writing for free and her feelings on that, and she also has a new business that she's launched. And Elizabeth's been in Expressing Motherhood a few times. Um, hi, Elizabeth, are you there? I am here. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm finally dug out from the snow. It only took till June. Oh, my God. I know. Well, and we're finally cool here in Los Angeles. Elizabeth, so do do you live outside of Boston, or where are you exactly? I live on the South Shore, and my hometown had the distinction of having the most snow. We were in the Wall Street Journal. I was so proud. I could hardly stand it. We had 110 inches of snow in three weeks. Oh, God. Well, welcome to summer married, for you. Which I consider a miracle. And what? And I'm still married, which I consider a miracle. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's a feat upon itself. So I'm so glad you're here. I want to talk to you. You know, you were in Expressing Motherhood a few times. Elizabeth was in the Boston Expressing Motherhood, which was in 2010, and then she was, that's when I first met you, and then she was mm-hmm. also in the Expressing Motherhood Chicago show two years ago, so in 2013. And um, Elizabeth, I, you you know you've written a book and you had a blog, and then you basically shut the blog down, right? And then you were yes. just you made a decision to stop writing for free. And I want to hear, you know, about that. Like how long how long did you blog for? So I started blogging in 2002, and I shut the blog down in 2011. So wow. Okay. Can... <laughs> so yeah, and no, I guess I started in two thousand four. Yeah, I started writing it in two thousand two, but I didn't publish till two thousand four. And then I blogged pretty consistently and had a great, wonderful audience that I loved, but I couldn't get paid for it, and it was very frustrating. And I was watching a lot of, particularly women, write blogs that mm-hmm. were good, produce content that was good, and not get paid for it. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, and I should also say Elizabeth has three children of her own, and um, so I think that's I think that's really interesting because you started blogging, I mean, really early, and then when did your book come out? My book came out in two thousand seven, so I started blogging uh-huh. just as a as a as a perspective. I was blogging. And I was following Deuce because I was interested in what she was doing. And when she got pregnant, I yep. was so annoyed because I was a mommy blogger before she was. I totally yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> you totally were. Totally. Yeah. And then um, my book published in 2007 and did well, and I enjoyed it. And uh, that was good. And, and I loved the blog, but it was just very hard. It just didn't make money, and that was too frustrating. And were you – okay, so were you a stay-at-home mom during while you were blogging? I was both. I was a stay-at-home mother, and I also was teaching at Harvard. So okay. I don't teach full-time. I teach usually a semester or two per year. I also taught creative writing at Boston University. So I would pick up semesters and teach in addition to raising the kids and blogging. So I was busy. You were busy. And did you find 
the blogging became more irritating once you decided you wanted to monetize it. Or because a lot of people I find, you know, it starts as something as just being creative, you know, and then all of a sudden it's you can become, you know, like why am I not getting paid? You know, it just becomes more and more irritating. Or was it always your goal in the beginning? Were you trying to monetize it? So the way it happened was I was a writer first. I have a degree from Johns Hopkins in their writing seminars department, and I wanted to be published. But I also really wanted to be home with the kids. And so I contacted a woman at the Boston Globe, and this was in 2003. And I said, how do I manage a career? She was a a friend of mine, a good contact, high up in the Globe. How do I do this? And she said, you should start a blog. And at the time, nobody was blogging. It was something to be embarrassed about. Like, you just didn't tell people you were doing this. And I was horrified Mm -hmm. that she suggested it, but I started. And very quickly, I loved it. And I loved it as a creative expression. I loved it as a way of engaging in my own head what it was like to raise the kids and what I loved about it and what I hated about it. And getting to do that in an environment that at the time was so incredibly supportive was wonderful. And then trying to turn that into, but I'd like to get paid for it, was was hard. No, it was never the goal to monetize the blog. It was the goal to be a writer. And then eventually the blog got huge, and I just found what everyone else found, which is that nobody expects to pay for online content. Nobody wants to. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something that newspapers are struggling with. It's something that publishers are struggling with. You have a lot of stuff out there that's just link bait that's about mm-hmm. getting clicked and has nothing to do with producing good content. So that, yeah. that got monstrously frustrating. And, and so you stopped in 2011. Did you mm-hmm. go to, I mean, did you go to any mom blogging conferences? Because you had, Elizabeth had a really big following. Your blog was called Da Mama, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and oh, go ahead. Sorry, I did. I went to blog her 2010, I think, and uh, that was in San Diego. And I actually spoke there and had a lot of fun oh, doing that. Did? And talk. Oh. I did. Yep, which was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed meeting people. But it was it was the same thing. It, you know, it was uh, Penelope Trunk, who's a, a phenomenal blogger wrote about blogging and said it's not a way to make money. Give up any idea that you're going to make money off of it. And I I think she was right about it. You either do it because you have something and you want the platform and you want the name, or you do it because you're selling advertising. But it's just not something that you do to make a lot of money. And so I know. Do you think like – I mean, I don't even know. Do you think the top bloggers are making money? I think they were. Yeah. But I think uh-huh. it became increasingly commercialized, and Deuce is a good example. Uh, Deuce's blog posts are, are increasingly sponsored, increasingly involve paid content. So that makes uh-huh. her writing, as a reader, as a writer, as someone who, who is in that field, I don't trust her writing because it is sponsored. And that's something that started to happen to me, that I really felt that, People wanted to pay me, but they wanted to pay me to write about them. And that was right. so compromising of what I wanted to do and what I cared about. So I think there is a way to make money, but as I said, it's not by writing. It's by selling advertising. And I think there's a balance. I think that there are, are bloggers out there who do a great job at that balance, but it wasn't something I was able to do. And you mean when they when you say advertising, you mean like the, the like you know whatever company will pop up on the top or on the side. 
right? Right, but increasingly what is happening is sponsored posts, sponsored links. Right, I so know what you mean. Yeah, no, I know. Wear a cute outfit I agree. and, and it makes you get 20% off them. Yeah. Totally. It makes you distrust the, yeah, writer. I agree. Um, but I think I that's just, okay if that's what you're mm-hmm. doing and you can make a living off of it. But for me, as a writer and someone who started because I wanted to write, it was very frustrating to be told what to write. The whole purpose of the blog for me was that I had the autonomy and no one was telling me what to do. But I couldn't make a living at it, so it turns out the world is not perfect. Peter Pan also does not exist. Please do not be horrified. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I know. I feel like I, you know... I feel like with expressing motherhood, I just always did it. You know, we did it because we loved it, and I'm not. We've never really had a sponsor, and then the only time I drove myself crazy was a year I was like, okay, uh, I'll try this year to monetize it. It was a few years back, and I pitched it to um, to conferences, calling it the year I hoed myself out, and how I ended up feeling <laughs> dirty. Of course, nobody accepted that, but um, I wonder why. But you know, basically, I was saying like, you can try it, but if it doesn't feel good for you, like, don't do it. This should be for me my it's my show is just about you know bring like the creative joy and freedom that comes from it um but if you have to make some money then i you know there are other i would go about it a different way but there are other ways too i mean i think it depends for me now i'm into i made the decision that doing it that way wasn't lucrative but I'm also looking mm-hmm. at going back to blogging and finding ways to make money at it. Uh, the reason I didn't continue ah. for, for years, I had always meant to go back, but unfortunately uh, my kid was pretty sick, so I didn't have a lot of time to do anything but take care of her and do my teaching. So now that I'm back into right. it, I'm looking at, well, how do you make money in a way that's creative? How do you... How, and living as an I artist see. has never been easy. There's a reason somebody's called a starving artist. <laughs> Making right. money being yeah, so hard. But one of the things that yeah. I've learned is that if you have to learn to value your own work. And that that's something that I think particularly as women we struggle with and as creative people we struggle with. I was thinking about it and, and thinking, imagine having your grandmother's china plate and offering it for sale and the person says, no, I don't want to pay for it. And you say, okay, we'll just take it. Go ahead and, and have it. Well, you wouldn't do right. that because you value the plate, and the only reason you would put it up for sale is because you need the money. So if you don't value your work to that level, you know, then, then you're cutting yourself short. It's important to value what you're doing. And in the sense of what you're talking about, that you're getting something from doing creative motherhood, from doing expressing motherhood, you're right. getting something back for it. Well, that is value. It doesn't have to be a cash value, but it has to be a sense no. of what I'm doing matters, and I'm not going to just give it away. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I know. And so you then, well, it's, you know, when you're, you're and your daughter is doing better, right? Much better. She had a really rough couple of years. Uh, she was always mm-hmm. sick from the time she was born. And it was never, it was, she'd go through months of being okay and then months of it not being okay. And now she's doing great. She's a healthy six-year-old, so that's good. And I'm thinking, and of course, the very first day I moved into my new office, she got sick. <laughs> Having oh yeah, for months I was like, great, of course. So oh. there I was with all these like meetings and phone calls, and she was in the corner on a blanket throwing up, and I was like, sorry. Oh gosh, <laughs> sorry. And when do you find when she when she would get sick that your creativity would just go dormant? I mean, you wouldn't even be. Would was did anything creative come up while she was sick, or was that just no. not even? No, and that was no. a big part of yeah. shutting down the blog when I did, and and also that okay. was about privacy that. 
at the height of her sickness when she was really sick, it was very hard to have the whole world in on it. And it just was, there was a moment where it was like, if this goes bad, I don't want to be the blog of the mother recovering from losing her kid. Like, I can't have the whole world watching me do this. So that was something that she was very aware of. You know, what's it, what does it really mean to be living your life that way? So, yeah, um, and it does be yeah. creative. I mean, when you're in a state of, you know, panic and worry yeah. for your kid, it's very hard to I think agree. about anything else. Yeah, that's interesting because the New York Times had an article a few weeks ago about how great artists cannot be mothers. Um, and people were challenging that a little bit, although a lot of representatives from the past have been women who have not had children. And it is because, you know, we become, you know, we're our hearts are, you know, with somebody else, you know, after we've had our kids. Although I, I disagree with it, but it was just sort of an interesting article. Well, I think, um, I think we haven't given so. women a chance yet. I think we really haven't. I think yeah. we've had a generation where you had to choose, or many generations, where you chose between work and family, and, and having both was not an option. And now we're in a generation where it is an option, but we are still burdening women with the guilt of raising their children. We're still burdening them with, if you're not there every minute of the day, that's something to suffer over and feel bad about. And I'd like to see us move away from that and move again into valuing our work. It's okay to value your work. It's okay that your kid is with a sitter so that you can do something you want to do. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we're there yet. So I'm excited to see as this generation becomes increasingly aware of the value of their own work what we are capable of producing. And there are so many men <laughs> who were artists and yeah. did great things. Were they lousy fathers? Right. You'll be saying that of they course. weren't any good at it. <laughs> so I'm I'm very hopeful that that's evolving. Me too. I just had two, a five and a three-year-old join me in the closet for the podcast. Hold on a second. My, sorry, Elizabeth. Um, Greg? Oh, well, we'll just keep talking. And so, speaking of space, Elizabeth, you have your own space yes. now where you get to go I be do. creative. Yeah, I'm really and excited. So where, I find, uh, it's a little office that I rented that's down the street from my house. So I really uh-huh. I am okay to, to just take off and leave the 12-year-old in charge and go do what I have to do in the afternoon. That works really well. And it's a beautiful and space and getting to... My eldest is 12. So I have a 12-year-old, yeah. a 9-year-old, and a 6-year-old. There's kids and... crying. Hold on one second. Okay, guys, Mommy will be there one second. Oy, oy, oy. Okay. Well, this is, this is not as good as the video you did when you were putting your shoes on and had one in the, the carrier. That was good. That <laughs> yeah. was awesome. I still love oh, that one. <laughs> okay, now we're okay. Sorry. Wow. Okay, I don't know why that's such a for my husband, but it was. Okay, so wait, they're 12 and what? How? Tell me. 12 and 9 and 6. So okay, and so are you time all three of them? Yep. And then I come in and you know spend some time with them, but I can also go back to the office. That once they're you know hooked up and doing whatever they're doing and drive to activities and stuff, I'm able. I just have so much more flexibility in terms of getting work done. I know. I mean, sometimes I think it's just we almost have to wait until they're a certain age, unless we have you know a lot of help, I guess, when they're younger. Yeah, and I think that that's true, and I think that's a big part of it for me is now that one of the that my youngest is reliably in school, which when she was in preschool she wasn't because yes. she was sick. It's impossible. Yes. You can't 
But when you know you're putting the kids on the bus at 9 and you're not getting anybody off the bus till whenever, that's a very big change. And it's tempting to kind of get, and I, I started to do it, to get stuck into obsessively mothering because you're bored. <laughs> because, you know, they're putting uh, you on the bus and they're away, and it's like, oh, you know, I'll make whatever all day long. And it's to have a separate space to pick up and go to is such yeah. an amazing opportunity. And to be able to say, so okay, much- here's where I'm going to work. Ah, I like that. I know. So how is it expensive or I mean, how did you do you share the space with people? I share the space and it is expensive, okay. but I've been working from home for so many years that I have I had enough reliable income from doing that that I could afford the rent. Oh, okay. So, cuz I did, so I mean, I worked from your home. Own, and you launched your own business recently, right? Yeah, I actually launched it in 2011 after I shut the blog oh. down. So I did small okay. freelance projects for years just without the blog. So I would teach. And literally, I would be sitting at my dining room table putting a nebulizer on a gasping four-year-old <laughs> oh and God. cranking out press releases and stuff. So <laughs> and it yeah. was a creative killer. But then I slowly built the business and was able to have enough clients and have enough reliable income that I was able to say, that's it, I need a space. So it's exciting. I recommend it. <laughs> There's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I know. I'm. My kids are finally, you know, all now in school. And, of course, la- when I first started, the two little ones in preschool last fall, they were sick a lot. So it just mm-hmm. was not, it wasn't reliable. And now it's gotten a lot better. Um, so that's why all of a sudden I can work more on the show. But I, I don't know. I, and I'm looking for I'm just, it's just so much better, except for tonight. I probably, this is not my best scheduling, clearly. Sorry about that. But, um, okay. Six o'clock is the witching my hour. My husband's like, I know, it is the witching hour. And he, it was kind of a surprise for my husband, but oh well. Um, uh, what else was I going to, oh, and you, okay, I want to, so you published a book, and how did you, did you self-publish it, or did you have a publisher? I did. I published, I went through Author House which was at the time considered an insane thing to do. It was one of the first Mm -hmm. uh, print-on-demand books in my area by a lot, and it was awesome. It was a complete blast. What I loved about it was that I worked with my, uh, my editor was in Japan. My designer was in Japan. My photographer was in North Carolina. The book was edited in Colorado and printed in Tennessee, and I wrote it in Massachusetts. And that was an amazing experience to get to do that. And again, what I loved about it was I owned my own content. It was no one telling me what to do. I got to decide. Wow. And then it sold That's really great. well. One of the things that I enjoyed. It was it was amazing. And then my local booksellers did promote it, and I did readings and stuff locally, and it did really well. So, and I promoted it on my blog. So, I think it's was an it exciting a collection time. of your. Was it a collection of your essays, or was it? Um, yes, it was a well, collection. It was so, okay. It was. And did you try it, to write it, a second one? I did, and that was always the plan. But then, things <laughs> up, and then again, okay, gotcha. it's about yeah. not, not getting paid enough. Come on, Elizabeth. <laughs> I see. Yeah, Hurry yeah. It up. No. I know. Now I'm like, yeah. okay, the kid reliably breathes for like a couple of days at a time. Now I'm so excited. Totally. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just so interesting because here you had this huge blog. You had a book. And like I go to these mom conferences. I, I don't go to many. I go to mom to summit I like that one. I really just like to socialize and have time mm-hmm. away. 
and I don't go to blog her. I've only been once, and I I won't go back, um, only because it's just so huge. And but you yeah. know, it's just all these people basically like clamoring for something that you you basically had, you know, and at a really early stage. I just think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think that what, but it comes back to what you're saying is you can't just give yourself away. You have to be getting something back from it, either whether it be monetary or you know, of creative fulfillment. Right. And I think once it gets to the point that that's not happening and once it gets to the point that you feel like, again, you're holding your grandmother's china plate and you're handing it to someone and you're saying, oh, no, that's okay, just take it. <laughs> once that's totally. the position that you're in, it's time to reevaluate. And I think, I think we are in a really exciting time in terms of our ability to balance more and in going back to the idea that men and women are balancing parenthood better and we're balancing mm-hmm. work better. And I think that has real potential for the future in terms of being able to be both a parent and a creative person, assuming your children are healthy. <laughs> a little different. Yeah, that. right. I know. And so what are your – what was I going to say? Um, I always am struck with, you know, the lack of female-driven characters. I know it's an old stereotype, but here I, I – you know, I live in L.A. I My kids mm-hmm. go to school in Hollywood, and – I've been told, you know, just that, like, stories about motherhood, oh, they're too old. Nobody wants to hear your stories. And I'm like, I'm 38, <laughs> you know. And there's, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, what are you talking about, you know? Or, like, I have this whole thing for you. And I, I'm hoping that, like, Netflix and Amazon are going to give a platform for female-based stories, especially, like, stories about motherhood, Um I don't know. So, you so have, go back I mean, to that and look look at that for a second because you, the word monetize lowers yeah. this away from a question of value into a question of money. And it's not about yeah. giving away your work for free or for no money. Right. It's about not valuing it. And what you're doing, right. you do value and you do get something out of it and you are building something. That's really important. Yeah. Everybody has to intern. Everybody has to work for somebody they don't like. Everybody has to make those changes in order to build something. And I still do all kinds of bartering. You know, I just now did a poster with somebody where I edited her website in exchange for free printing. That kind of an exchange isn't a cash-based system, but it's a value-based. I know what my two hours of editing are worth. I know they're worth something. Right. And I'm not going to hand it to her and say, well, geez, oh, no, it's a no problem. No, no, I want something back. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. you are doing something that's building. You care about something deeply that I share with you that, that oh, women no. are thank you. presented no, in thank this you. unbelievable way. Thank you. I mean, I wasn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't looking for, I mean, you know, compliment. Thank you. I just meant, it's interesting that you were, you were saying, like, I feel like, you know, things are changing, and but I just feel like they're not changing fast enough for our little, our lifetime, you know. I'm like, come on. I want to, no, you know. No, it's true, they, and it's, it's yeah. You talk about writing about motherhood, and everyone's like, oh, you're a mommy blogger. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know. It's just like, oh, my God. And on NPR today, they were somebody was touring Pixar. And sure enough, he goes, well, you see something that – and Pixar is located um, outside of San Francisco, and they're saying how it was different from Hollywood, he said, but there is one thing that's similar. I have only seen two women on my tour so far. You know, oh. it's just like – and they've had no female directors of any of the Pixar films. It was just sort of yeah. interesting. I guess, I guess animation's um, heavily male, you know, dominated. 
But I think it goes back to the old idea that once you, once a woman has children, she isn't creative in the same way anymore. And I think that's not true. And I think that's a fallacy. Yes. And I think that part of what we have to do is value ourselves more and say, no, this is valuable. Whatever you're going to get in exchange yes. for it, it doesn't have to be cash. But you understand that giving grandma's plate away for nothing is absurd. Yeah. We don't do that. You're giving well, something that's interesting. Yeah, and we need to give something back. I like what you said, though, because I, I swear to God, once I became a mom, I I felt like I lost all of my, not sex appeal, but like my creative sex appeal because I thought mm. you cannot be an artist as a mom because all of the images I had of artists were, were mainly men, you know, and like I would imagine Bob Dylan smoking cigarettes at a cafe, and I'm like, so I have no time for smoking or sitting alone at a cafe, you know, and it's, I, I was like, can I really be, or can moms really be, I don't know, you just don't think of as a mom as an artist. It's sort of interesting because it's but not I sexy, I guess. that's the culture. That's the culture. The yeah. culture teaches that yeah, one, right. and, and they do it in the oldest way there is. It's the oldest way of subjugating women that exists in history, which is to say you are just too special. You're too precious. Your children need you. You're a mom now. You're something higher than an artist. And so that's all you get to be. Yeah. <laughs> and that's right. That's all you get to be. And, and that's not true. And I'm a great mother. Yeah. I love my kids, but so help me. They better put their own stuff away because I have a degree and I am not going to be picking up anybody's shoes. And yeah. that's okay. <laughs> right? That's that is okay. okay. That's just, and we don't teach that that's okay. We teach that self-sacrifice and suffering for your children is important. And I, don't, I just don't think it is that important. And I think I don't think it is either. creative. It's part of valuing yeah. our work. What I do is too valuable to pick up after you. You pick up after yourself. I agree. And, okay, wow, we actually have um, like three minutes left. And so I, I really, I want to, that's interesting that you want to go back to blogging, but but for you want to figure out how to monetize it. And I'd be curious, do you know, I mean, what, I mean, I, I well, know like happened? the, uh-huh, go ahead. The last, the, the last time I blogged, I actually did a paper post. And it went very well. And I had some interesting feedback where people were willing to do it, but they had sort of a, a breaking point of how much they were willing to spend. So I was going to investigate that further, but my last post was actually about my daughter being in the hospital. So uh, <laughs> I'm now yeah. in a position to revisit that. And I'm not sure yet what that means, but I know that for me, I can't devote the amount of time I devote to creating something I really care about to have people say, well, yeah. I like it, but not enough to pay for it. Well, come on. Yeah. Totally. I got it. Um, and so, Elizabeth, your blog, it's not launched yet, but the site of your business is Clarita. What's it called? Clarita's what? Clarit- I don't have Claritas. Claritas Editorial. Oh. Claritas is Latin for clarity. Oh, okay, great. So, And I'll, I'll link that up here. Um, and, the, okay, we have one minute. Is there anything else you wanted to say? No, I think thank you so much for having me, and thank you for – I think you're you're on to something. Keep doing what you're doing. And I don't think you are giving it away. And I think you're giving them oh. an opportunity to express themselves, Thank literally, you. and to get involved in it. And I think it will continue. It just takes a while. It takes a while. I think you will get somewhere with it. And it's not about monetizing it. It's about getting people to recognize that it has value, starting with you knowing it has value. Oh, thanks for saying that. And 
Thank you for being on my podcast because, my God, I need technical support, but I am going to get there. <laughs> but I'm just too impatient to wait to figure out, you know. It's like, ah, oh, whatever. I just want to get it going. Um, and I thought this was really interesting. So thanks for being on, Elizabeth. Thanks for oh, having me. And, I really appreciate yeah. it. And good luck with your kids. <laughs> oh, thank you. And that's right. Expressing Motherhood is headed your way, so maybe you'll get to catch it when it's there in the fall. I forgot about that. Did you Absolutely. see Mommy Talk when they were there? I didn't. Did you see I mommy missed talk? them. Oh, okay. no! I think it was like Mother's Day too. So I, I just oh, that's missed right. Them. I forgot. Yeah, there was that. All right, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my my outro now, whatever you call it. Okay. Right, good luck. Okay. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for joining me on my podcast. And talking to Elizabeth, I think she had a lot of interesting um, things to talk about. So thanks for joining us. Next time I'll have another creative mom on. Don't give up on me. I'm going to keep working on my technical skills. All right. Now I'm going to just go out with some of my guitar because I started playing guitar in January. Because why not? You are only 38 once. That's it. All right. You can just. Tune out now, but I'm going to play because I have 80 seconds left. This is not, that's not good. I'll do another one. Okay, that's it, guys. Thanks for joining me. Till next time.